Hello, hello, hello. Oh, hello. There we are. Look at that. Welcome. Yeah, hello on YouTube, wherever you're watching this from. Hello in the garden. Let me hear garden. Woohoo! Amazing. This is a bit of a dream, really, the last couple of Sundays, and I'm so happy that, that you've come out with us. Um, Kaz and I wondered when we first started talking and praying about it whether anyone would come. Here we are. Loads of people. Kids down the end, uh, in the Jungle Tots uh, garden as well and here in this beautiful space that God's given us. I'm, I'm so grateful. Some of you were here before my time that sowed into, prayed into, invested into buying a building sacrificially in the middle of Crawley that had this beautiful big space out the back that probably we weren't quite sure what to do with. I think God had this in mind uh, when he gave us a building with a garden. Can I just say thank you to those of you that, that predate me, but your faith has meant that we're standing in the good of it now, who, who knows what we're sowing into today that will have a generational impact further down the line. That's you and me folks here today. Nick, love that story. Thank you. Let's have a story every week. And one of the things that, that we're really praying and expecting is week after week, each Sunday, if we do nothing else in this garden, we're going to pray for people that are sick and we're going to give an opportunity for those who are not yet following Jesus to respond to the gospel and to take their first step. And whether that's you here today or whether you're with us online, week by week, we want to help you do that. So I'm so grateful that first story involves someone, one of our church members courageously taking a step of faith in praying for someone, but also hearing of a, of a partial breakthrough as well. Praise God. Wonderful. I just need a bit of fertilizer, by the way. Um, let's get that out here too. And... Uh, Oh, let's drop that there. Good stuff. And uh, just need uh, my little fig tree here as well. Let's pop that there. Good. Wonderful. Well, while we're here in the garden over the summer, we're go as Danny opened up last week, we're going to be preaching through the parables of, of Jesus. The parables are amazing. Um, we all love stories and uh, there are some incredible Bible stories. Katie was right this morning when she said, actually, we probably know a little bit more of the Bible than we realize. Um, but even that the 100,000 plus men and women and boys and girls around Crawley that don't know anything about the Bible probably know one or two amazing Bible stories. They've probably heard of David and Goliath. They've probably heard of Jonah and the whale. They probably do know a little bit about the birth of Jesus or the death of Jesus. But Jesus himself was the best storyteller, these parables that we find through the Gospels. He, he just hooks us in as his listeners with these stories. He, the reason we're preaching them and the reason Jesus used them so effectively was because outside, uh, around one another, in a crowd, using nature, the ordinary things of our lives and our work, the situations that are familiar to us, Jesus begins to tell a story that draws us in where we can see our own lives and our own situations. And then he takes them by surprise and suddenly they're opened up in front of him. He's like the, the kind of stealth bomber that comes in under the radar and you don't even know he's there and boom, your heart is open to him. Um, the, the message of the kingdom and the parables are parables of the kingdom. They describe the kingdom of God, the rule and reign that is spreading of, of Jesus Christ here on earth. These, these, the way into the kingdom, Jesus always says, is to repent. To repent means to turn away, turn away from my old life, my self-sufficiency, my dependency, my idols, uh, to give up my life and to wholly and completely begin to follow Jesus. That's the message of every parable. The way in is to repent. And with each parable story that Jesus tells, we are suddenly at some point in the story hit with our need to repent. 
to get right with God. There's always a twist at the end. Nobody can listen to a parable that Jesus teaches and, and, and not react. Either people react by hardening their hearts and blocking their ears and turning further away from Jesus, or they're opened up completely and they repent and they follow him. This summer in the garden with Jesus as his disciples and those of you who are guests who are not yet disciples, we're going to study these parables and we're going to find one of these two responses in our hearts as we're called to grow in repentance and follow Jesus in a soft-hearted way. Let me hear an amen, please. You were you great with, uh, with Katie earlier. You're almost Pentecostal, full-on Pentecostal. I like that. Uh, so let, let's keep going with, with the amens and it's good to be back in that. Uh, in a few moments, I'm going to invite someone who knows something about gardening uh, to help me plant this fig tree. We want to grow fruit this summer. This tree is going to be a reminder to us. We've got a little spot over there. I need somebody with some, who's strong with some trainers on their feet, probably rather than flip-flops, because I, I nearly took out a big toe just putting the garden fork in the ground there. Nathan, you've got... Fli- uh, yeah. Emmy, Emmy, you've got trousers. and uh, Emmy, no, you can stay there for now, but I might grab you to dig a hole in a moment. Um, it's, it's about two feet deep. Um, Romanian, uh, about a metre deep, probably something like that. Um, but uh, you've, got a, you've got a little time this afternoon to get that done before England beat Romania in the football tonight. Um, so turn with me to Luke chapter 13, please, uh, in your Bibles. And we're going to just read verses 6 through to 9. Luke 13. Anyone draw their swords there? Very good. It's a bit Saturday Night Fever there, isn't it? <laughs> a bit like that photo of Stuart Cox from last Sunday. Hand on hip. Yeah, there he is. Which way to Garden Church? <laughs> Lovely, Stu. Love it. Thank you for your hard work, mate, in getting us to this this point. Um, As Jesus is approaching this parable, he's teaching a huge crowd. If you look at the preceding verses and chapters, the crowd is growing. At one point it says there are thousands. So he's got people in close all around him, pressing in. And then he's got people way off in the distance. Probably some of them are having picnics and wondering if it's going to rain soon, if he doesn't finish and uh, what they're going to have for dinner later on. All that kind of stuff of life is going on. But in close, Jesus has got his disciples who are hanging off his every word. They're thirsty for what he's saying. But he's also got his accusers, those are, who are looking to trip him up and find fault. And they're throwing questions at him uh, as he teaches them. Luke 13, 6 to 9. And Jesus told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and found none and then he said to the gardener look for three years now I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none cut it down why should it take up the ground and the gardener answered him sir leave it alone this year also let me dig around it and put on manure and fertilizer then if it should bear fruit next year well and good but if not you can cut it down it's a parable of Jesus So what what is Jesus teaching in this parable? And then in a moment, we'll come to some application for our lives. You've come to church this morning. The guy's talking about fig trees and manure. I didn't know it was gardener's question time. Um, No, this is a teaching of Jesus. It's got application for our hearts this morning. Bless you, whoever was sneezing over there. Um, The context of these words of Jesus is a judgment on Israel, on Jesus' generation, on his people for their unbelief. There are people pressing in around him. They're throwing questions at him. If you read the verses before, they say, hey, what about these Galileans who were killed by the Roman authorities? What, what about this group of people we've heard about where a tower fell on them and they died? And Jesus, it says, and he told them this parable. That's the context into which Jesus is teaching here. 
He's saying we're all the same. In fact, in Romans later, it says the same thing. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners before a righteous God. Unless we repent and we turn to Jesus and his kingdom, we will all perish under the judgment of God. And he told them this parable. Listen, it's very easy to get your Bible figs in a twist. Uh, there are a number of uh, Bible fig tree type stories. Uh, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus, um, he's on his way to the cross. In fact, he's about to come to the temple where he has one of those moments where he's so disturbed in his spirit by the way they're treating the temple. He overturns tables and throws out the money lenders. And on his way to that big moment, he sees a fig tree that isn't bearing any fruit. In fact, it's not the season for fruit, but Jesus says, you're going to wither and die. The next day when they come back, they find that very thing has happened to the, the fig tree. Soon after, Jesus is going to prophesy about the, the whole temple structure coming down, all their way of the law becoming obsolete because Jesus Christ himself is now here amongst them as the end of the law, as the living temple. Our fig story today is a, it's a different fig, but it's the same kind of story. In our, par in our parable, Jesus is saying the judgment of God is coming to his generation. He's saying to them, as a people, we've twice been into exile because of our disobedience to God, because of our unbelief. Now for you today, this is your last opportunity to repent and to change your hearts because Jesus the Messiah is here amongst you. There's a similar parable. I'm not sure if we get to this later in the summer in Luke chapter 20, verses 9 to 19. I call it the, the parable of the bad tenants in the vineyard. Uh, these guys who've rented a vineyard and uh, the owner of the vineyard sends um, various servants uh, each year at harvest time to come and uh, take uh, a share of the fruit that is, is his right as the owner of the vineyard. But the, uh, the, the tenants of the vineyard, they, they don't want to give any up to the owner. And so they, they send back the servants empty handed. Um, quite clearly in that parable, Jesus is saying this is about the kingdom of God about how the prophets came to speak to God's people and they were rejected and turned away. And then in the parable it says, so the owner sent his son. Who do you think the son is in that parable? It's Jesus. Yeah, it's always the right Sunday school answer and it is this time as well. Jesus is the son. In the parable, the owner of the vineyard sent his son, thinking surely they'll give him the share of the fruit. But they killed him. They sent him back, not empty-handed, but they killed him. When the Pharisees heard Jesus telling that story in Luke 20, they responded really angrily. This is an outrageous story. Who would live this way? Here comes the twist in, in that parable. Jesus points at them and says, I'm speaking about you. I'm speaking about this generation and the ones who've gone before us, who've rejected the work and the life of God. So there are lots of similar parables. What about this one? This fig tree in the story we're looking at today was planted in a vineyard. Danny and I were talking about it this week. Danny said it's the wrong place for a fig tree. But uh, looking it up, it seems that uh, around vineyards in the first century, they would have planted other types of fruit trees and olive trees, taking space around the edges in good sunlight. Um, this isn't desert ground. It's good. A vineyard is good soil. It would have been well tended and prepared. You, you would expect it to be fer fertile. You would expect fruit to come from this fig tree. It's been three years. It's a mature tree. If, if fruit was going to come on this well-established tree in the right season, it would have come by now. Something is wrong with this tree. That's what we're supposed to get from this parable. The owner is quite right to assume this tree is not going to bear fruit uh, again. Uh, it's not taken the opportunity. 
in, in this parable that Jesus tells, I think his heavenly father is the owner of the vineyard and Jesus is the gardener. Later on in, in John 15, Jesus is speaking uh, uh, to his disciples and he, he says uh, that, that he's the gardener. Uh, he's the vine and his father is the gardener. This time he's saying the father is the owner of the vineyard and, and I'm, I'm like the gardener. So it's Jesus in this parable who's coming before the owner. He, he's here in the garden where his kingdom is being established. Here on earth, Jesus has come and he's pleading with his father. He's interceding with him. Please don't cut off your people just yet. Please give time. Be patient. Let me do some more work on behalf of those who are perishing. He's speaking out of compassion. Later on in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, I wonder if Peter the apostle remembered this teaching of Jesus later on in his life where he said the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but wanting everyone to come to repentance you and I are under the patience of God today and so in the story the gardener says please leave the tree alone please no one more year leave it alone one more year be patient a little while longer before your right judgment is executed give me a period of grace for a limited time so remember this is a unique moment in history Jesus Christ is physically standing amongst them. The kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God is being announced through Jesus's life and words and miracles and many people are being invited into his kingdom or into this vineyard if you want to use that picture language. But what's happening? The privileged, the ones who should have known, the ones who should have embraced, the ones who had the law, the ones who'd heard the prophets, they've hardened their hearts to Jesus so significantly that they're in danger of missing the kingdom altogether and being cut out and thrown out of the vineyard. It's a serious parable, isn't it, for those who have ears to hear. So before we have some application, just a summary of all these kind of parable stories that we've touched on this morning. The vineyard is a picture of the kingdom of God. God called Israel as his people. They were his special possession. He chose them. He called Abraham out from his father's house and said, I'm going to make for myself a people, a multitude, more than the sand on the, on the ground or the stars in the, in the sky. He planted them in his kingdom. He gave them everything they needed to be fruitful and to grow. He had them under his protection and his care. And then he came looking year after year for fruit. Jesus, the gardener, is working now. He's inviting. He's the son sent into the vineyard. He is Emmanuel, God with us, God with them. He come to live amongst them. He come to call them, welcome them into his kingdom. And yet they will refuse, accuse, abuse, kill him because their hearts are hard. Do you ever imagine some of you, maybe like me, that, that didn't uh, quite work as hard as they should have done at school? You know, where your teacher says, if you want to, I believe your story just about, you could have another week to hand in your assignment. Anyone else ever have that kind of conversation? Or was it just, just me and Ian? Okay, that's fine. Um, could you imagine being the kind of student who being given another week's grace would then also not be ready in a week's time? This, just come up with another excuse or another reason why I don't need to hand my work in right now. This parable that we're reading today in Luke 13 suggests that even with the extension of one year's grace, it's not going to be enough. Hearts are so hard. If you read to the end of the chapter, verses 34, 35, Jesus is prophesying. He's, he's weeping over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you. 
to myself as a mother hen would gather her chicks. He's lamenting because he knows they've hardened their hearts and they're going to be forsaken. This people of God, they were given a land of abundance to inherit. Do you remember in the, in the beginning uh, when they came out of exile in Egypt and the spies went into the land with Moses? This land that was, they said it's flowing with milk and honey. It's a land of abundance and fruitfulness. Everything grows there. They came back with fruit from the land, the spies, to show to the people, uh, to, to see if faith would rise in their hearts. They came back with giant clusters of grapes and cucumbers and all kinds of things that just grew so easily in this promised land. If only they would have lived for God. If only they'd have trusted him. If only they'd have remained fruitful. But now Jesus says you are barren and you've been barren too long. And, and this tree is coming down. They looked at their temple like we look at these trees. How can a tree like this come down? This is, it's, it's been a, a hundred years, it'll be another hundred. This isn't going to come down. They looked at their temple in that way. Jesus said it's coming down. The, the, the other trees will be planted in this vineyard and you're being cut out. There'll be no more seasons, no more opportunities unless you respond to Jesus. And not long after we see as he prophesies, Matthew 24, Luke 21, about the destruction of the temple. AD 70, if you read your history books, you find the Romans come in, they demolish this centre of worship for the people of God. The temple is torn down stone by stone. Uh, it's never been the same again for them. Well, what about us this morning? I hear you ask, this is very interesting. I, I would imagine most of us aren't from a Jewish background for which this would have uh, a particular and unique application this morning. If you are, then you've heard some of your application this morning. You need Jesus the Messiah. But if like most of us, you don't have uh, Jewish heritage, then why on earth are we talking about something that happened 2,000 years ago in a garden in Crawley today? Well, briefly, there are two main lessons for us. First of all, we need to repent and trust in the patience and the kindness of God. Can I, hear you, can I hear you say repent, please? Well done, you're still with me. And secondly, no matter what has gone before, it is a new day today. Jesus is here, and whatever your history has been, however broken, however pitiful, however barren it may have been in your life living for Jesus, you can begin to be fruitful from this day forward. Let me hear you say fruitful. These are the two words for us today, repent and fruitful. This is the God of the second chance. Last month we were looking in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is breathtaking for so many reasons. Je Jesus, not long after the passages we've been looking at this morning, he was arrested, handed over to the Romans by his people. He was crucified and killed uh, on the cross God raised him to life. He ascended into heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit. And in, in Acts chapter 2, Peter says to these people, this Jesus who you crucified is now Lord and Christ. He's ascended. You missed it, but he's now saviour of all. They're cut to the heart. They say, what do we do to be saved? And, and Peter says to them, repent, believe, be baptised, every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, it's for your children, it's for all who are far off, it's for all whom, our, whom the Lord our God will call. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Acts 2 is breathtaking. Not long ago we've been hearing to, to a unique and specific group of people you need to repent. Now we're hearing the whole world gets the opportunity to be grafted into this kingdom work of God. Now people like us 
get to be planted into the vineyard that is the kingdom of God. Now we get to play our part. Now we get to connect to the life of God and begin to bear fruit for him in a way that just wasn't possible before the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think that deserves an amen, please. So this is a very specific parable for the specific people in Jesus' day. But honestly, if we're looking at their reactions, we see our own hearts as well in their response. But as I've said, God is the God of second chances. Hallelujah. Peter would have said an amen to that statement. Peter who denied Jesus and then just a short time later is preaching on the day of Pentecost. The Apostle Paul would have said amen to the God of second chances, the one who persecuted and rounded up Christians and put them in prison and then became the greatest apostle to the nations. God is kind. He wants no one to perish. But this parable clearly speaks to our hearts as well. There's, there's a day when the chances run out. There's a final moment. I want to ask you today, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, whether you're with us on YouTube or whether you're here in the crowd today, I don't know your hearts, but Jesus does. He sees them right now. Is the, is the ground of your heart hard? Can the spade get into the ground? Have you closed your mind and closed your heart to Jesus Christ? Have you refused chance after chance to know him? and to respond to his work. Maybe you're a husband or a wife of someone who's a believer in this church. Maybe you're a teenage child or a parent of somebody. You've been connected around the meetings. You've heard the message over and over again. You've had some kind of inoculation like we're all beginning to have over these months, but it's just, it's just caused you to dismiss things and turn away. Don't let your heart go hard. Jesus is calling you today. It's time to repent. If you're not yet in the garden, if you're not yet planted in, if you're not yet included in the people of God, today is the day of your salvation. Don't miss this opportunity. He's here now. He's with his spade. He's ready to work around your heart and, and begin to make room for his life to help you to grow. Look to Jesus. Your way in is like it's always been. Repent. Turn away. Let go. Turn to him. Take hold. Uh, next week, as Neil said, we're, we're baptising some people who are taking those steps. You can join us in that as you begin to take your steps in following Jesus and starting to bear fruit for God. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up now, but if there's anyone here with us online or in the garden, please come and see me straight afterwards. I want to help you take the first steps in following Jesus. And for the rest of us, as I finish this morning, this personal encouragement for us to bear fruit as disciples. We're planted in the vineyard and we're called to bear fruit. What are we going to do with the measure that's been given to us? What are we going to do with the opportunity that we have to serve God in his vineyard, in our generation? I've been challenged by the question, am I going to squander this privilege to serve his kingdom and bear fruit for him? The, the big question that we all ask ourselves at one point or another, we all will have done is, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? It's the big question. For this tree, this tree, every other tree around us, they have a number of purposes as a nest in that tree. They give shade to those who don't want to get burnt in the sun. There's all kinds of, they look beautiful, all kinds of good things that trees do. But what's the primary purpose of this tree? It's to bear fruit. It's to reproduce and multiply so that it lives on and lives on and lives on. It has only one purpose. And so, disciples, you and I are planted into Jesus Christ. We are appointed to bear fruit for him and fruit that will last. This is our one purpose, our one call. And yet we look around and we observe our lives and we say, I've been quite a barren plant over my time of 
living for Jesus. The door to the kingdom is marked repentance, we've said. Disciple, if today you say, wow, I've, I've, I tried to buy figs yesterday in Tesco's. I wanted everyone to take a fig away, a juicy, ripe, rich, fat fig. The ones in a little plastic package in Tesco's that have been freeze-flown all the way in from Peru, they were small and shriveled and disappointing. Dave Swan shaking his head. I didn't want the Air Miles, Dave. And they only had about 20 left. I thought, I, I don't want those kinds of figs. In fact, those kinds of figs characterize the kind of fruit that I've often borne in my Christian life, if I'm being honest. Friends, at this stage now, from this garden church point onwards, I want to bear real fruit and fruit that lasts for Jesus Christ. We start with repentance. We mourn our fruitlessness. That I've been in this, this garden of the kingdom for so long that maybe, like me, you've sat in a hall like that or in a church like ours over the years, but when the gardeners come looking, you've never really shown any true fruit, any real fruit and life. Hey, repent is your way through this morning. Dig with the spade with me around your heart. Loosen the soil. Let the water flow again through the hard ground into the roots. Loosen the hard ground around my heart, Lord, please. Bear, let me bear fruit for you again, Lord. Are there some with me that are praying that kind of prayer this morning? You can wave your hand if you are. Wow, it's just me. Or maybe I think some of you are not being so honest. Yeah, thank you. Well done. Come on. It's an honest place here in the garden. We, we want to welcome Jesus. This summer, as we come together, we're, we're just asking him, come and water the ground. Come and begin to um, grow something in me. Let this, this garden that we gather and be a weekly reminder. Every time you come in, park your car, well, I've got here, I made it here with the kids. I, oh, how am I, what am I serving on today? All those things that are in our heads when we come. Get into the garden, just breathe a little sigh of relief under the tree in the shade or in the sunshine and say, oh no, Lord, I'm here in this garden to bear fruit for you this summer. What, what are you um, in? Tina, come and help me. Just begin to play something beautiful and we'll stand and respond in a moment. You, you may remember, uh, probably four or five years ago now, um, I, I, we used quite a lot, uh, as we were heading towards our 2020 goals, um, a quote from uh, a guy called Edward Burrier. Edward is the apostle for the New Frontiers family based in Kenya, uh, very entrepreneurial, all kinds of businesses that, that help advance the kingdom across Kenya and beyond. One of the things that Edward and his wife Frida do is plant trees that they grow and they sell for all kinds of things. Someone said to Edward, Edward, when is the best time to plant a tree? And Edward looked at them and said, five years ago. <laughs> but if you, if you haven't planted something five years ago that's ready to bear fruit now, start today. Stop complaining about what you don't have, what isn't yet in your hands, but begin to plant something today. This is a new start in the garden, church. It's a new start for us. There's grace, there's time, there's patience from God. But there are some things we can do now. We, there's some work we can put in. There's some digging we can do in our lives. There's some manure and some preparation uh, that we can work in. Only God can make fruit grow, but there are actions that he calls us to take. We cooperate in the process of the fruitfulness of God with faith and obedience through this summer. God sees. God produces the fruit. What you and I dig into now over this summertime will either help you grow fruitful or will hinder you from coming into the purpose that God has for you. It starts today. Don't wait till next week or a week after. The best time to start moving towards fruitfulness is planting things from God in your life today. 
some really simple things. Katie actually was great teaching earlier, reminded us of some of them. Noah, as he held up the Bible. Hey, the way we worship Jesus, the way we read his word, the way we pray, the way we do community life, these four old fashioned aspects of our discipleship, word, worship, prayer, community. This is the work of digging and the work of manure. The community of God is where the manure is. <laughs> Have a look around you. Yeah, there's, there's some manure here. These are people that are going to help you grow. Yeah, you're supposed to smile at that. It's not an insult, but it is true. Uh, These people next to you, behind you, two meters from you, are the ones that are going to help you grow into fruitfulness. They're going to speak lovingly into your life. They're going to disciple one another. These these old-fashioned ways of discipleship are things that I can dig into, I can sow into, I can commit to in the weeks ahead. Some of you are feeling so dry. You've been so far away, so long away. Hey, take the spade with me. Take some fertilizer with me this morning. Let's dig together. Fruit will come in our lives. Be deliberate. Just come to church each Sunday. Just say, I'm going to come every week, the next few weeks, because I want fruit to come. Just start opening your Bible and reading, even if it's just a few verses in the morning, or find a new plan on your Bible app. Fruit will come. Just begin trusting God in prayer again, lifting up your heart to Him, crying out to Him. Fruit will come. Just Just begin to connect again into the community life of the people of God. Trust one another, serve one another, encourage one another. Fruit will come. This is our call this summer. I don't know if you've noticed here, maybe in your garden at home if you have one, uh, that awful spring we've had and then suddenly a week or so of sunshine and everything is growing really quickly, isn't it? Every tree, every bush, the grass, suddenly it's shooting up. The, The parables of the kingdom show us You really don't have to do all that much. God does the work. He produces the fruit. As we we dig into these simple areas of discipleship, friends, growth will come. Life will come. Fruit will come. If you dig, sow and grow this summer, let me tell you, you will be different people by the end of the summer if you take hold of God and this parable today. if If we determine today, I'm going to put my roots down into Jesus and let his life come and let his kingdom grow amongst me. Stand up with me please, I've been too long. If, if you have a, a metaphorical spade, take it in your hands now, take a Bible in your hands. If it's on your phone, hold a phone in your hands. Don't look at your messages. We're going to just do some digging work in prayer this morning uh, and then Ian and Tina will lead us in a, in a song. If you put your hand up and said, yeah, I'm responding to this word, I want this fruitfulness, then just pray with me now. Lord Jesus, we welcome you. You're so welcome here. Lord, if there's sin that you need to convict me of, would you speak into my heart right now? I want my heart to be soft before you. Change my heart. Soften my heart towards your God, towards your ways. My tears, your living water. Wow, what a softening effect that has on the hard ground of my life. Wake me up this morning, Lord Jesus, with this promise. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Let your life come into us. Let us put our roots down deep into you. God, I want to be like that tree described in Psalm 1 that says it's planted by the stream and it bears its fruit in season. I just prophesy that over everyone here, every man, woman and child, each one praying on YouTube right now, each family that's standing together praying for one another, husband and wife, friends, small group that are praying for each other. We say, let your roots go down deep. Let the life of Jesus flow. Let fruit begin to come. We acknowledge your promise in John chapter 15 that you have the right to work in this garden of our lives. You're the true vine 
Jesus. You've got a right to cut off branches in me that are not bearing fruit. And every branch that does bear fruit, you, you have the right to prune it, Lord Jesus, so that I bear more fruit and fruit that lasts. Let me be that disciple, I pray, this summer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just reminding when uh, Jesus was resurrected in the garden and they thought, who's that guy over there? They thought it was the gardener. It was, it was the resurrected Jesus. Jesus, we welcome you as the, as the gardener. We welcome you. Come and work on us with your tears of compassion. Thank you for your patience. Oh, thank you, you are patient with me. Thank you that your gospels had effect in my life, taken root in my life. God, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste my life now. I want to start bearing fruit from today. Lord, with your nail-scarred hands from the cross, with your own blood, you work into the soil of my heart that I might begin to be fruitful for you. Thank you, Jesus, for your compassion. Thank you, Lord, you speak a tender word. You don't snap off unnecessarily. You speak life and fruitfulness over those of us that have felt like we've been barren. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Will you help us to dig with you over this summer together? Bring us to this place of life and fruitfulness. Join our roots together in true community. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Use the gift of languages that the Holy Spirit gives you. If you're praying for others, just keep praying quietly. Zian and Tina are leading us in a worship song in a moment. Two things are going to happen. One, Emmy's going to help me dig a hole. We're going to plant this tree over there in the corner. Every time you come into this car park, hopefully for years to come, we'll say, what did that tree mean? What does that tree stand for? What does that represent? You could say, oh yeah, I'm going to bear fruit for Jesus Christ. I'm a tree in the garden. I'm Holy Spirit, fill me. That's what this tree is going to do as we help it to grow, hopefully, and not wither and die. And secondly, if you're sick, I want to pray with you this morning. Come and find me or pray with someone that you're with. And thirdly, finally, if you're not yet following Jesus and you know, I have to take this chance today to come into the kingdom, please come and see me. Speak to the person you've come with this morning. If you're on YouTube, send us a message. We want to help you take that next step so that you can begin to bear fruit for God. Amen.